0: Hello, Ken. Hi. Hello. What's up? Uh, yeah, Everything's good over here. How are you doing? Great. Yeah. I can see some people joining. I mean, like Yvonne is here. Hi, Yvonne. Thanks for joining. I'm not sure uh, who who else is uh, turning up today. Uh, but since we are limited to one hour on Instagram Live, we're going to like start right away without further ado. We have a lot to talk about. And, uh, well... Ken, Ken and I are both like talkative people, and there's always this fear of missing out on things that we want to talk about. So right away, we get into it. Uh, good evening to those who are following from, from uh, Malaysia. This is the last uh, podcast episode on the uh, personality test series with Ken and I. And today we're going to talk about the big five, perhaps one of the most uh, studied uh, uh, personality tests and one of the very well-known and most popular ones uh, among the uh, psychologists and general population. So what we're gonna do today is like, I start with an intro and then uh, after that, we briefly talk about uh, what happens when you're high or low on either uh, of the, uh, on each of the uh, big five factors, which are like openness, uh, you know, neuroticism, and, and the rest uh we just briefly go through it but the main focus would be ken and i uh will be sharing our own personal uh, takes and personal experiences uh, uh you know uh and we'll be sharing about how those major traits uh that play a big role in our own lives is is directing our behavior is directing our lives in you know, our mindsets and how do we deal with it so like i said we're going to talk about the big five And one way to think about it is, let's say uh, you are on a ship with five, I mean, you're you're five people on a ship and then your ship wrecks and somehow you manage to survive and get to an island. And uh, within the five of you, you'll have uh, a person who's very anxious. Oh, my God. You know, like what to do now? That's How probably going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it's going to be you, Ken, I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so the person would be so anxious, don't know what to do, feels very lost, doesn't see any hope uh, to survive beyond this island. That person would be somebody with high neuroticism. The other person perhaps would be the one with, he or she is like so, so, so excited. I'm, Oh my god, we are in a new island. Let's let let's explore, you know, let's adventure. Let's you know? Very adventurous, yeah. Uh so this person would be the one with high openness trait. We would have somebody with, let's say, who is who's really caring, very, very compassionate, very uh very mindful of other people's um I'm like, we survived, yes, but like how are my friends doing? Who's uh how is Ken doing? How is I don't know. Supportive. Yeah. So he'd be the one supporting other people morally, you know, taking care of people's emotions, listening to other. This person would be the one high on agreeableness. And then we would have, uh, which one did I miss? Uh, The extroverted one would be the one that, oh my God, we survived. Let's celebrate. Let's, let's, let's make a campfire here. You know, like let's gather around the fire and celebrate this moment that we survived. The storm and now we are on this island so he'd be celebrating and everything and then we'd have somebody who's really uh, careful about the primary needs oh my god we survived yes we did so how are we gonna gonna survive from now on like what's the plan he'd be the one uh, getting everybody to work you know setting a plan okay, today we have this much food, this is going to be yes. how we distribute the food, you know, like we don't have, the shelter. Yeah, we have to build yeah. the shelter. who's good for that? So he'll he'll be or, or she'll be in charge of the, uh, you know, controlling and management and uh, making plans. This person is perhaps very high on conscientiousness and that's the trait that kind of like directs these kind of behaviors. But so, yeah, that was that was just an analogy of, how would it look if you were to survive a storm and you're on an island and you have like five people, you are five people with different uh factors, I mean personality factors based on the uh big five personality classification. But now yes. we wanna go through uh very briefly talk about I mean not talk about, just mention, you know, just just a brief skim through uh what would a person with high uh trait, I mean like either one, uh would would look like in real life. So Let's start with openness. Uh, so those who are high on openness traits would be very creative. They would love to try new things. Uh, they are so eager to take challenges, and very happy to uh, think about abstract uh, talks. You know, they engage in uh, talk, uh, talk, pr- pr- provocative. You know, discussions, philosophy. You know, they want to like try new foods wherever they go. And also, these people would be. High on openness. Uh, what about low on openness? Can like how would they uh, look? Yeah, I think uh, a very may- maybe significant difference would be high in the openness.
1: People they are they can kind of easily get bored. They want to try many new Ooh. things to you know make it like a uh, fulfilling or have a lot of new experiences. So a people who a person who is low in con- uh, openness to experience it would be more su- more prefer things that are not too new. Because it will create a lot of uncertainty yeah. or fear of what's going to happen. They are more preferred yeah. to maybe certain kind of routines or uh, less explorative stuff. That's one of it. Uh, and also, maybe they are not appreciating a lot of, in terms of like artistic, uh, maybe music, uh, those creations to express the beauty of the world. And that's one part of the openness to experience as well. Yeah, the intellectual part and also
0: uh, the openness in terms of beauty and uh, arts, Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next one, which is conscientiousness. Uh, so those high on this trait would be uh, uh, the ones that spend a lot of time preparing uh, for something. Uh, they finish. The one, the one, one always get nine, high grades. You know? <laughs> no, the, the one always get a top grade HD1 in yeah, academics. They, they usually have this trade, you know, they, they have everything pre-planned they finish important tasks on time because well they they, they would prefer to stick on a schedule everything we yeah. plan so i wake up today i have a to do list i know what to take care of today what are my important what are my high priority tasks what are my low priority tasks so everything is very well uh, organized and uh, but uh, sometimes <laughs> there's a chance that uh, like people with high uh, conscientiousness have uh, symptoms of being like very obsessive with things yeah. so Let's say if you're texting and you know like, uh, and it's not a big deal, but you make a spelling error or something, they, they pick on those things really, really fast, because their attention to detail is quite precise, you know.: So they kind of like associate people with high conscientiousness with having OCD. I mean, like, that could be a stereotype. Don't take it for real, <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, I mean to maybe
1: break down A little bit In terms of that is Conscientious actually Can separate into Like two subcategories uh, mm-hmm. Orderliness And also industriousness Like maybe What you described just now Is the person Who very high in orderliness So they want things To be you know, structured Organized you know, Properly uh, managed So they have uh, Predictability Like in terms of What's going to happen What's the routine What's the schedule And industriousness Is the people Maybe you're lower In that You're probably yeah. more easy To maybe do nothing You're fine with that you won't feel, like, guilty. You won't feel like, mm. hey, why am I not being so productive? Why am I not, not doing a lot of things? Yeah. So, people who are less conscientious, they are more chill sometimes, you know. They can relax a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah, that's here, important. Like,
0: how, how would they look like? Uh, what they would, would they look like if they are low on... Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: basically, how me and you would look like oh, okay. in terms <laughs> of general life, in terms of maybe uh, plans for maybe your personal life or what what happening... In your life it can be quite disorganized mm-hmm. and also if you want to be productive it'll be hard for you to focus you'll be you know, mm-hmm. doing random things you can't really just sit down get things done uh, follow all the plans yeah so that's one mm-hmm. of the uh, common oh. signs i saw you
0: know. yeah moving on to extroversion uh, uh so those who are really extroverted i, I don't think that's uh, like strange to to any one of you all that people hire on extroversion would be the life of the party the one who always likes to initiate the conversation makes friends, He or she like like they tend to make friends really easily, uh, whereas it could be like a huge struggle for people who are not like high on extroversion. Uh, yeah, and, and they their tongue, I feel as though tend to move faster than their brain. So sometimes they they speak things without really thinking it through. Uh, did you say? So they you say that whatever in their mind, very straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So that that's something common among those people with high uh, uh, on extroversion. What about those who are low on extroversion? Can I think to separate is it, like uh, we always say like extroversion versus introversion, right? Introversion.
1: So yeah, yeah. Okay. To easier to differentiate is it, like the energy going where. Extroversion is yeah. going out to people around us because they are social social being. So people around us, energy going out and getting energy from them as well. That's why they like to tell jokes. You know be reactive. If on the other side, introversion would be uh, energy within, you know, inside, going inside. So people who are maybe not preferred to have uh, speaking in groups with a lot of people, they are more preferred maybe one-to-one conversations or mm-hmm. maybe uh, less energy, but more able to go in depth, to be introspective, you know, to be able to reflective, understand what they're feeling or what they're going through. So it can be very, uh, very, very helpful in terms of uh, to reflect and get insight for your own personal self, uh, uh, people yeah. who have high introversion intro yeah.
0: yeah 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 i mean like we are not trying to uh it's for our audience today that we are not really trying to say that if you are low or high on uh, any of the trades uh, on the big five classification is a bad thing or a good yes. thing it's yes. not that it's that when you're high or low on any of the trade it just kind of like uh paints a picture of how your behavior would be, you know, what kind of a direction, yes. what are your values in life. It kind of like uh, gives us a picture of well, like those things. It's not necessarily that if I'm high on, let's say, extroversion, it's a bad thing because I can't explore mm-hmm. myself. No, it's a, it's a spectrum, you know, so you can fall yeah, on and, your other side. And I would say it's very important if you know what's your tendency, what do
1: you fall mm-hmm. around under, is it extroversion, extroversion? Yeah. Now The more important one is to know <laughs> what the strength or values that can get out from the other side as well. So you can uh, learn from that and behave according to the situation instead of being uh, kind of controlled or just behave as if that's your natural tendency. You can mm-hmm. make use of uh, what different strength in different situation to make the most out of what you that's, have you know, your life. That's yeah.
0: very true. As a matter of fact, going against, uh, uh, you know, sometimes your, your core personality trait would be, uh, very very depleting i would say it'd be very strenuous to go against who you truly are sometimes yes uh you won't perhaps uh, get the get the best result at the end of the day it's like those introversion people feeling bad about being introverted you know and that's not really healthy yeah they say good. i'm introverted i didn't like to go social but uh, I, you, need I, I you need to be one
1: day you need to
0: yeah yeah okay moving on to neuro- n- neuroticism uh, so those high on this trait would be Often stressed, uh, would would be worrying about a lot of things at the same time. They would experience uh, constant and regular shifts uh, and sudden shifts in in their moods. You know, like a slight, like slightest thing could could you know just shift their mood from from low to high, high to low. Uh, you know, this trait is also called emotionality because it's like based on emotions, it's shifts of emotions. Uh, uh, and it shows the uh, instability of of uh, of emotion um, that the person. I, I mean, speaking for
1: myself, I'm quite high in you neuroticism. Know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like I'm, I'm we are the people who are very susceptible to negative emotions. Anything that causes anxiety, stress, we will would easily catch up, and they will be the first person to out "Oh, I'm worried about this. I think this is gonna happen. That causes trouble. Uh, how should we do this and that?" Yeah. And on the yeah. other side, if you are low in neurotic, neuroticism, people who are more emotionally stable—they like, come mm-hmm. on, chew, you know, take easy it easy. A, okay. Yeah, it's not that uh, mm-hmm. stressful, you know. It's something normal, something like that. So they are more uh, emotionally stable uh, when reacting to situation or stress or any kind of challenges. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah. True. True. Okay. Last but not on the least, it uh, be the uh, agreeableness. Uh, well. Before all these, uh, you know, psychological terminologies come to place and all agreeableness uh, or somebody who is agreeable in the English literature. Uh, you know, It could be translated as somebody who's who's simply a pleasant person. It doesn't mean that who, whatever you say they agree with, you know, or like wherever you go, they just follow you. No, but but somebody who is agreeable in, in, the, in the English literature, so we are not talking psychologically here you know just simply means somebody who's nice caring you know uh, and and just just pleasant to spend time with you know uh but taking it more technically as a as a terminology in psychology uh agreeableness is a trait and those high on agreeableness tend to be very compassionate uh very sensitive to other people's uh For feeling. yeah they could be very trusting uh, uh and trusted you know like they trust other people and they they are trusted at the same time Uh, very compliant and the only thing is like not the only thing but like one of the uh, perhaps uh, uh, points that comes to my mind about agreeable people highly agreeable people is that uh, it's not that all the time you can tell what they truly think and what their true opinion is because they tend to avoid conflict as much as they can so sometimes when when they don't at heart agree with you they on the surface on the outlet they say that they do just because they don't like the conflict so that's something about agreeable people that you need to be careful about yes what about those who are low on agreeableness Ken I would say if you see the statistic generally
1: uh, male are more disagreeable means like lower in agreeableness and female yeah. are higher in agreeableness because right. they are more you know, caring, easier to build the trust between each other. But for male, people who are low in agreeableness, maybe b- would be less compassionate. Yes. So in some situation, it translates into more judgmental. So whatever happens to you, then it's your problem, you know. It's not my problem. And they won't be like, oh, maybe he experienced something bad. You know, uh, he He's had a bad day. What well, They probably, probably they would be just like, it's your problem. You're going to fix it no matter what. Yeah. And and you're going to take responsibility for that. So people who are disagreeable, they are more firm in terms of opinion. They are more strongly have a certain thoughts or idea. They're like, this is what I want. This is th- what I think is good. And they would, not that polite
0: sometimes because they're going to go uh, well, the way they on, want. On an extreme level, um, it could be even, uh, they could be assaulting, you, you, you know. Uh, those who are really low on agreeableness, and it's uh, often associated with uh, with, um, with with tendency to be um, to do criminal to, to to be a criminal, you know. So, uh, like like just Ken said, uh, men would, tend to I... be like less agreeable th- th- than yes, women, yes, yes. And that 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 goes in line with men having way higher rate uh, of of. Yes. Uh, of criminal activities among them. I mean, I, I feel as though they, they they the tendency is like 90% yeah. among, uh, you know, the hey, I would say that is like uh like normal
1: distribution, right? We know yeah. uh, a lot of things your hide, you know, fall under it. Like, personality as well. So, I mean, what you're seeing is the the lower end of the distribution. Who are people very, very disagreeable? So, they like to go against rule. They be like, screw this, you know, rules that... Uh, put into me, I, I feel like what I want to do, I just go, get in it, I just do it. And I think just one quick touch on that also, people, I think this is from study, and statistics saying that um, people who are more disagreeable, they actually are in the higher positions in company, you know, in working in corporate, in workplace. Because those are people who say, no, I'm not going to do your work. It's not my job responsibility. And they have strong opinions and say, this is what I think that I work for the company. And in a way, those kind of uh, behaviors, Get promoted because to be a leader, you need to be firm. You need to be uh,
0: clear in terms of how to move forwards to you know, bring profit to the company,
1: yeah. and that's something
0: very really interesting too. I believe as though it's, it's all about like finding the balance. You know, yeah. we might, we might perhaps you know all of us. It's it's inevitable not to be high or low on some of the traits. You know, yeah. but but in different situation uh, with different people, we have to be able to adapt uh, to the new needs. I mean, to the. To the to the needs of the new situation that we are in and yes, find yes. the common ground that that could could accommodate like a like a balanced behavior yeah it's like the mastery of uh, your
1: behavior and your thoughts and actions yeah. based on the situation so that uh, you react in the more ideal situation you get the best outcome for you i think this is very important i think later we'll go into more details internal breakdown in each yeah. trade what kind of values we can learn from it,
0: and how can we practice it as well? It's it's actually time to do that. We are almost like twenty minutes time. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. So, since we are on the agreeable uh, agreeableness trait uh, uh, right now, I would like to uh, share my own uh, well, my my own experience and my own insight or whatever, my own take uh, on this trait because I feel as it's it's a major one uh, in my personality and based on my results both ken and i have taken uh, the jordan peterson uh uh big five test and based on my result uh my overall agreeableness I, I, I was i scored the 85th percentile which means that if there are 100 people in a room uh you, you test compassionate I'll be, I'll be more agreeable than than 85 of them you know that's 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 what it means uh
1: that's I too agreeable about, for
0: a man, again. Okay? Uh, generally, that's, I, 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 that's yeah. very agreeable. Oh, that's yeah, I mean, like that's not not something very common among uh, the the male species. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's let's get into my, my sharing and why I why this is a major part of. Yeah, maybe you share thing. a bit more in terms of how this agreeableness. I mean, you say you have
1: you have high traits on that, and how this yeah. play a role in your life, you in terms of yeah. what aspect and how does it. Benefit
0: you influence your life here? Yeah. yeah. Naturally, I'm a very curious person. So I would say that, that my, uh, my agreeableness goes hand in hand with my tendency to have to be high on openness as well. You know, these two, I feel, are really correlated, tightly correlated to each other. And, uh, well, the values I have in life, you know, things like friendship, you know, people, those people, you know, if, if, if somebody that I know, you go to him and... You just mention my name. I'm confident that the first thing that pops up in their mind is like Salah values friendship. You know, that's that's something that comes to people's mind. And I believe in order to build, maintain, and progress in friendship, there has to be a, a solid foundation of agreeableness. You know, you you got to understand when to stop disagreeing even though you don't agree with that person it, you know that it, it feels like I'm somebody like I said I'm very curious about things and I want to find out what's going on if you're if you're really curious about what's going on in somebody's life because you care because your compassion because you want to provide some sort of a help some sort of an of an assistant then then you have to be let in people's uh privacy and private life you know and they won't let you in until they trust you unless they trust you and in order to be a trustworthy person you i mean like that's that's what agreeable uh i mean like uh, agreeableness is all about you know to be trustworthy to be um, to be someone that people find solace in you know that people find comfort in so that that goes hand in hand with my yeah um, i can i can see, uh,
1: see where you're coming from as in like I mean, we are social beings, right? We like connection, and it makes life meaningful if you, you know, emotionally connected or share certain feelings, experience with people. And having, having, I mean, the openness, it gives curiosity to one thing to know the other person. And I think the agreeableness probably gives you the attitude to be uh, trustworthy, to be caring, nurturing, supportive, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. listen to them. Oh, how how have you did? How's the day doing? Or, or, mm-hmm. or share me about, you know, what happened to you. You see you had a bad day, and those kind of combinations want allow people to be more vulnerable to you, to share to you yeah, then okay, I'm right. curious to know like what what do you do to build the trust or you see like people see you, they say friendship and trust how do you do that maybe
0: how do you do before, that? Before I address your question, I do briefly want to like go through like this thing just pop on, pop into my mind, and it's the fact that like uh, talking about agreeableness and how it, how it, how it helps, you know, uh, making friends. Well, I would say it's the first stage of friendship that demands the most agreeableness. You know, the first expression that you make in somebody's mind, you know, if it's mm-hmm. of a disagreeable person, then there's a low chance of you two getting by, you know, they won't see a, an opportunity I mean, because you're, you're kind of like refuse you're rejective of, of that offer because you can't agree, you can't find a common ground. So it's very crucial in the primary stage of friendship, of building a relationship, any kind of relationship, social relationship. It's very important yeah. to be agreeable on the first stage. Yeah, C- can I translate in a way if like people who are more
1: disagreeable means like if you have a certain uh, quality I don't like, so I will instantly feel like I don't want to be friend with, with you because you have a certain mm-hmm. quality. You behave in this way, I don't like it. And
0: disagreeable yeah. people will be like, just keep They'll it. focus like, on you know. the differences, you know, yeah. uh, Whereas an agreeable person would focus on the similarities that, that that you have with another person, despite all the huge differences that you can have i mean there 's always enough differences between two people to to give you enough reason to not befriend them you know but at the same time, there will be enough reason to befriend them as well you know it 's just a matter of uh, of perspective which one we want to focus on and then, as the time goes by, Ken, I believe that this uh, the agreeableness kind of like uh, uh, moderates itself throughout friendship you don 't necessarily need to agree with your friend all the time because it, because I mean like it goes against the compassion if you 're compassionate if you 're caring about someone, you have to understand that there are points in life that you have to disagree with them to protect them you know so on those incidents, I would feel as though uh, the, the agreeableness score would go down you know because because the situation because the compassion uh, you know, component of of agreeableness, be like kind of like uh, it comes to the surface, you 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 know, and it gains more importance. So you have to lower the other down to to bring the other one up. Okay, and, and that's how can it you, goes.
1: Can you give an example,
0: like in what situation where I mean, you're agreeable. Oh, I can give you a really yeah. clear example of friends being in toxic relationships. You, you know, and, and it's it's a loop of of disaster. It's if it's a circle of disaster and they know that it's like just holding them down you know like it's a barrier to to progress to 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 prosperity and and on those on those grounds you can't actually agree with your friend perhaps let's say let's say your friend comes to you and like he's he's so down you know to the i'm mean, like, like they can 't really like they 're really emotionally unstable, of course, the first thing you say won 't be why the hell you keep this relation no that 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 shouldn 't be the way the conversation goes, you know of course, like I said, you start with agreeing, you start with finding those things that you agree upon with your friend about the situation that he's in, but then when you feel as though the emotions are settled now and you can have i mean the water. Mm-hmm. The, the water is calm, you know. And now it's time to disagree a bit. Now it's time to bring uh, the don'ts into the, the the do's and the don'ts into the uh, into the play. And that's when you can say, okay, you did this. You realized, you you know what the outcome was, and it's not something that you would appreciate continuing, you know. And I care for you, and I and I and I strongly uh, oppose, uh, y- 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 you know, the, the the course of action that you took here. For for a and b and c and d, you know, and then you lay out the reasons, and you kind of like like build atmosphere from there. Okay, so I mean to translate it in a way is like when
1: bad things happen, your friends you know experience something. Uh, being compassionate is maybe acknowledging, listening to them, so that yeah, it's true you're gonna feel that way because you had a hard time and it was the first time you're doing this, and it happens you know, and to acknowledge so that they feel the compassion side of you to build the trust this person listen to me this person allow me to share the part of me where I'm not always perfect you know? I have down times and, and the person will stand by and support me but after that what you say is like but confront certain aspect where it's unhealthy in a person because we all have certain kind of weakness or uh, trigger a tendency to behave in a not so healthy way like a toxic way and to confront that so that have a balance compassionate to them and also be firm on certain positions So that it will be great uh, for the growth of the person to achieve what they want to achieve, right? Yeah,
0: very true. That's that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, You you asked the question like, would you would you repeat it again? Like, slipped my mind before I.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, being compassionate. uh, Would it? Uh, you mean that like the first question, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yes, so, yes. so I was, I was saying, like, uh, how how does that uh, help you develop uh, trust, friendship? Right? What kind of certain oh, behaviors? Yeah, you just about give a quick one, one or two
0: examples. Yeah, yeah, real sure, actions sure. that you I do. realize yeah. that we don't have much time on this. Yeah. Uh. So, how does being agreeable uh elicit trust? Mm. Okay. There's something. Uh. It's it's a it's a tricky, challenging thing. You know being agreeable and its relationship to building trust and at the same time being authentic and genuine in what you agree with okay the thing is they could say something and and you can't you can't agree with it It goes against your moral and at the same time you're trying to build the trust and you feel as though if you don't agree then uh if you don't go with the flow then you won't be trusted I beg to differ because uh, a person who goes against his moral, like how can you actually trust that person? I mean, I, I mean like I have, I have uh, a set of values for myself and I let people know that these are my values in life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I go against what I preach, I won't be actually like considered as an agreeable person, but more so of a hypocrite because I preach something and I like like do something else. But the way that you can do this, uh, you you know, because you want to agree and disagree at the same time, but like where to disagree and where to agree, these are different things. It's again, the focus on the common grounds and the commonalities that you have. You know, if you disagree with a friend on something, make sure that there are like two, three other things that you can agree on. So bring those things and highlight them you know so maybe I, I one, have I a moral know. issue with you on certain topics you, yeah. you know I'm, I'm a muslim i i eat certain things uh i don't eat certain things i i do certain things i don't do certain things uh you, you know so if if let's say we want to go out and and you know like every time i just don't go out with you because i know you want to go to the bar okay that's 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 one thing that i can't really agree with you on but then uh, I mean, like, let's go for a movie. Of course, I can go, you, you know, yeah. to a movie with you. Like, let, like, let's, let's call this time and like have a conversation. Of course, I can deal with you. I mean, like, it's it's our own choice, I believe, to to give m- more more attention to what you know, to things that we disagree on. Or...
1: Yeah, and also, I think it's very important. It's part of
0: maturity as
1: well when we're growing up. Uh, you are a agreeable person, but you need to know uh, how to wise out your true opinion yeah. as well. Like maybe you're always following the other person to doing certain things but sometimes you have to say, salam uh, Salaam, we need to talk about this, you know. Actually I don't really like you always behave this way, you treat me like this, you know. I hope you can do something else which I will felt more happy, appreciated, acknowledged as well. I think ability to wise out is very important, uh, what you really think. Mm-hmm. So that in the long term with the person in relationship, you're gonna be happy, you're gonna be uh, fulfilling, it can be rewarding instead of you no, know, hiding things under the carpet until it accumulate to a point where like you know, it can cause a chaos. Yeah, yeah. shall we move on? So next one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we have to move on to to your part, which uh, I mean, to your sharing. Uh, so, at this point. Okay, so feel free to to introduce. So the, the, the next thread, I think, wanna...
1: for me, I want to share or touch on is on the actual version. Actual version, uh, if you want to break it up a little bit, would be. Two subcategories. One is enthusiasm. The second one is assertiveness. So these two are very important. So how it translates in an actual version, for me I score quite high on it. Uh, quite high on it. Uh, I think why why it characterized in that way is my assertiveness is very high. Like whenever I notice certain problem, certain things not not right, you know, I'll be the first one to say take in check, say, hey this is not going well, no. I think there will be a problem for this one. I think it combined with my mm. think so I anticipate the stress of what bad thing will happen. Then I take charge. Mm-hmm. I want to take control for this uh, to make things happen. Mm-hmm. I want to
0: pan out for certain things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was I mean, the I mean, assertiveness. Being, being, your, being your subordinate in PSU, uh, I, I vividly remember mm-hmm. how, how, how how strong of an emphasis you had on things that go wrong, you know, like, yes, what yes, is yes. the department doing? Why, why is things so messy over <laughs> right here? And all? That's wow. why I
1: always, always want, like, I want to take charge to do more, uh, where I find like, I need to solve or uh, spread a message to certain action. Yeah. So that's one part of it. I think another part of actual version is very, very critical. The value that we can learn from it, extract out from it is the enthusiasm. A uh, simple term would be the energy uh, from people. Like, imagine a situation. You have two friends, okay. When you meet them, uh, the first guy will be like, uh, "Hey, Sela, a long time. Uh, we didn't see each other. How how have you been doing?" Like that's what one friend, okay. When you <laughs> meet up, that's how they respond. The second friend he'll be like, "Hey, yo, Isella, what's <laughs> up? Eh? Hey, for years we didn't meet up. Hey, how have you been doing? Like, can you sense the energy? Where I mean, I mean, anyone. If your friends are more active and they're crazy and have a lot of energy." You instantly smile and be happy, like, oh, damn, this stupid guy. <laughs> and you like the energy. That's where, that's where I find it so important for extra version of people. Let's say you're intro, introverted. You have to learn to be in certain situation bring out the energy inside of you. Uh, another simple example would be uh, you go into a restaurant, you know, certain kind of customer service. They have high energy. They're hey, welcome, welcome. How can I help you? I mean, you feel like accepted. You feel like, I I would like to talk to more about this person. I would know know them more. But on the other hand, if you are a bit uh, less energy, a bit cold, you can cause some issue where people might think that you're not likable, not friendly. Now, so I think that's one of the very key points to to know mm-hmm. how to make use of your own energy, institution where you need to meet people, and you need to you know make friends with people and show the energy, you know, sh- show the excitement, so people, you know, sense it, uh, resonate with it. Yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah, go on and then I continue.
1: So I, I want to talk about on the opposite side of maybe if you're low in actual version, what kind of values you can learn from it as well. Yeah. So uh, if you're high on it, the energy is something that you have, have to know. You can learn and practice it in certain situation. Bring out the energy. Your friends come on, yeah. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. All those. The second one is also taking initiative and assertive in situation. This is very important because maybe you're in work, you, know, you need to take uh, charge of certain behaviour, certain project, take the initiative and that's going to be helpful uh, for your growth because people who like, pe- we all like people who take charge in things because they take responsibility and they help things uh, better. So if you are the... I can't do so you're saying like uh, people who have le- lesser or lower energy level, but the energy is channeling into themselves, so they might not yep. channel the energy out. So to to active yes. to talk to people, they go down inside. So they have more. They prefer to spend more time uh, with themselves, mm-hmm. so that we, they will be introspective. They will be thinking, "Hey, uh, how am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling certain kind of way in certain situation? When my mom say this to me, why am I feeling uh, uh, a bit angry? You know, and." To think about what am I going to do in my life? And yep. What I really like and enjoy in my life. And people who are introspective, introverted, they have the energy to to go through that process and to get insight for themselves. I think this is very valuable for anyone to have because when you grow up, you know you think about for yourself, you know? No one know better than you except yourself. And you should take the effort and have the time for yourself to think about it, you know, what you like and what you want to do in life have time for
0: yourself yeah yeah yeah. i mean like you said it's a matter of locus of control and where it's placed uh between the introverted person and the extroverted person it's just that some prefer to explore the world without and some would by default would, would prefer to explore the world within you know and both have uh their own pros and cons you know it's not to say that you know the introverts have to move forward towards being more sociable i mean the fact that we, we, we link sociability uh, with with health and like uh, like uh, privacy with with I don't know with with exclusion and isolation and we, we, we link that to all depressive symptoms I don't think it's a fair um, fair deal here you know it's just that we have to understand what are the ways to 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 make the best out of you know who we are. Uh, yes. But I I wanted to ask something um, over here, and it's whether you think you were born an extrovert, or you were an introvert and you found your way through uh, extroversion, and what happened? <laughs>
1: okay, it to be a quick, quick one because we don't have much time. Uh, for me, if really to think back when I was a, a kid or when I'm growing up, I do think that I'm an extroverted person since very young. I remember a few scenes during my secondary school, I just like to go around and making funny faces in different classrooms, talking to different people. I think this is kind of a natural trait in me. I like to talk to people. I don't do stupid things to make people laugh and to have fun. Uh, But the changes will happen around towards the end of my secondary school. Started uh, foundation during my university life, during foundation. I become more introverted because something happened to me that made me feel like I'm always thinking about other people. And they don't really think about me sometimes. And I feel like, no, then why not? I should spend more time with myself first to understand myself so that I know where I'm coming from and I know what I want instead of always taking care of other people until the day you're like, is there people around me? Like, like, no. (laughs) That was a very sad situation I experienced. So I become introverted in a way to spend a lot of time with myself personally to understand myself. and Then after one or two years, uh, I become more active because I feel like I done a lot of homework on myself. I know myself more. <laughs> I I go back to the social side of me where I join clubs, you know, be active, talk to people, you know, speak about ideas. Mm-hmm. I think this is where the changes. But I'm still kind of falling back to my natural actual with itself. self.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting <laughs> you're sharing because I had the total opposite of your of your pathway. You uh-huh. know, I moved from uh, a, a very introverted, very I was well known in the family as as the as the most shy, as the shyest person in the family for the first 16 years of my life, you know. And I mean, like, to add insight to that, I was reading on uh, Jungian psychology, which is, like, one of my all-time favorite, you know, uh, branches of psychology. And the way it was, it was being um, talked about was, like, that the, the extroversion in the Jungian perspective, uh, people tend to become more extroverted when there's a calling you know jung jung has its own you know like way with symbolism and everything so when there is a call within yourself and you 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 feel as though there is a mission out there that i that i have to accomplish that i have to complete you know it's it's there when you get like extroverted and that's how i got extroverted because i felt as though for that mission that that my that my calling provoked yeah what end, was that <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of things. Friendship was one, uh loving was one, finding about people's stories was one. I'm I'm in love with people's stories. I'm like he- hearing like authentic real stories and to help, you know, and to make a change. Those were the missions. I felt as though I have I have accomplished a sense of uh life that is worth sharing with other people, you know. And if I were to keep it to myself, then that mission would have gone to waste, you know. And I felt as though my introversion is not providing me with with, with enough assets and with enough resources to to complete that mission. So I got more extroverted, you know, and I, and I built my social group and shared my story uh, with them. And that's that's my journey towards extroversion.
1: Okay, I think at some point I can relate to you, where you, you see like when you have a certain missions it can be as simple as a, as a message or certain value you want to share to people. It makes you, I mean, in a way, it's like a lot of energy within ourselves, you know, the way we think, uh, the way we you know, treat ourselves and channeling the energy outside to people because you have a mission to, to wise up, to spread. So it's like the energy going up. and it, it makes sense in a way like energy going out means that extroverted side of you where you take assertive, uh, take charge into where you're going what's the goal that you want to bring to people, the value is to share how important is friendship, how to have uh, more healthy love in terms of uh, between friendship or relationship and having that intention push you further want to connect with people, want to be social, want to uh, share the ideas to people. I think that that was a very really good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Shall we move on?
0: <laughs> we can, yeah. Seems like you're early uh, on this good one. Uh So, there is something that Ken and I scored the lowest on and <laughs> so we decided to to you know like uh have a back and forth conversation on this uh and that's the uh conscientiousness trait uh which is Ken divided into orderliness and the other one is uh industriousness yeah yes these two so I scored what, like on the 25th percentile overall, my, my overall conscientiousness. And that's pretty low. I mean, like, it's moderately low. Uh, Mine is I'm lower gonna, than you, so. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <can I compare? laughs> okay let, but, but, let me find my result. Yeah. You can go on, can um. Yeah. Uh,
1: but maybe we can break it down a little bit in terms of how this low in conscientiousness apply in our life and how it affects our life, you know, yeah, uh, maybe I'll start possible. first. So if, if you've done a test, you, you can see the breakdown of the score, the industriousness and also the orderliness. Yep. My industriousness was very low, 18 percentile. And it shows that a lot of times I really hard to focus or concentrate on, on things. You know. I really struggle with that. Although you know, some, some of you know me, like I was involved in uh, PSU, uh, psychology yeah. student union. You have a lot of work to do, prepare, you know, plans, posters, events, things like that. But I'm not a very conscientious person, so I can't sit down for uh, one, an hour, one hour to just focus and type everything down. So I can't do that, you know. So I would be quite last minute in terms of preparing uh, things like posters, you know, ideas. Uh, that was the struggle, yeah. But on the other side, I think I score higher is the orderliness, which I think it shows in my work right now, at least. I like to you know write down the meeting minutes for my company in you know, a mm-hmm. meeting. And, and throughout all the documents that we have for the company, I like to docu- document it properly. Like, what's the name? What's the label? And, and put in, like, properly everything nicely. So it makes it feel good in some way. I think that that's something that uh, show in conscientious people. Like, all you know, the you like things to structure, organize properly. So it felt great, you know. Satisfying to watch, you know.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. I feel that and I know for a fact that you're improving, I mean, you're using tools and all to uh, to overcome, uh, you know um, your low school,
1: low in yeah. <laughs> low in industriousness. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, maybe I share a bit more on this. If you look at the I, again, you know the the style because it has been very comprehensive for this big five percent And you can easily search on online, which generally we all at around this age, we are lower in conscientiousness. You know, certain people are naturally they are very high on it, so they are very productive and score very good in mm-hmm. academic and well prepared. Uh, but, if you look at the set, it say that when we're growing up, we become more conscientious generally mm that's something interesting. to look at uh, the reason for that is when we grow up, now you don't have work you know you're still studying, but when you're working, you have routine, you have schedule mm. you have things responsibility to to meet the deadline to meet and you if you don't meet it, you get fired oh you're gonna have a struggle to do it make, mm. make ends meet uh, you know so all these kind of constraints make us to be more uh, industriousness in a way. Because you need to get a job done, so so that yeah. was something very interesting to know. When you're growing up, you take up more responsibility for life. Maybe with, especially when you have you no know, kids or what, you, know,
0: you need to be industrious, responsible. Yeah, you don't you need to be to orderly as or so. well. but like people depend on you. You know, like you yes, yes, people' day. life
1: depends on you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your your spouse, your children, and you're responsible. You know, uh, yeah. to take care of of them. And it's not that it's your own single life anymore and you have more people to... more mouth to feed, I would say, you know? Yeah, it's like,
1: get your shit together, you know? I mean, like, you yeah, have so many
0: things to do, yeah. yeah. I think that
1: was a huge, interesting fact to know and we need to learn to be that as well,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, my take on it is, Ken, uh that, well, yes, I scored quite low on... Uh, Consciousness, and just like you do, take steps to be more organized, more orderly. I, I I do the same things as well. So, I'm not a person whose room you open and you see like mess all over the place. Uh, I mean, like fifty, seventy percent of the time it's clean. Okay, it's, uh, but but we have to accept that that certain things come with a price. You know. I mean, like, you you rarely see, you know, an artist or somebody who is artsy, you know, uh, who is very well organized, who is very clean, who is very, uh, you know, everything's in place. No, you go, let's say you go to a painting workshop, you know, uh, the paint would be everywhere. You you know, the tools would be everywhere. Of course, not everyone is like that, you know, but at least those that I have encountered, you know, the calligraphers that I've seen, uh, you know, because because you need everything, because you don't know when the idea is gonna hit, you know, when the inspiration is gonna flow in. So every tool has to be like just just within your reach, so you could grab it and write. You know, the, the, that's why authors let's say poets, you know, uh, they don't have a really fixed sleep schedule. I mean, you know, they, they 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 stay up late because you don't know, you never know when this when the inspiration is gonna flow in and whenever it flows in you gotta utilize it you gotta you gotta seize the moment and, and write the poem because because if you wait for five minutes that inspiration is is gone you, you know i, I
1: would i think this is quite deep in a way if you look at it in an abstract sense is when you have things around you not properly organized it creates opportunity that uh, combinations of things happening yep. so that's where the inspiration or creativity came in when when things are messy and because of the messiness and the chaos in there, you you see opportunity or see new ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Because you are so industrial, you follow the rules of the company, the policy, and everything. Yeah. You don't want to think of new ways to do things. Yeah, you want to, you would just follow. You won't be maybe. Let's try another route. You know, let's try a new solution.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's Albert Einstein's uh, quote saying, "If logic takes you from A to B, but imagination takes you everywhere." And yeah, you know, it's it's like if, if you decide to just follow from A to B to, to you know, all the way to Z, I mean like come on, what's what's the thrill in it? You know, you already yeah, know what's gonna yeah, yeah. happen, you know, you already know where you're going and everything's like foreseen and I'm like, what's the excitement in it? Where's where's that part of, of, of life where you can where, where you can open open door for for unexpected events, you know, to take you off guard exactly I mean, I mean i mean that's where that's where it's a bit hard to find a balance maybe certain
1: work that you you can be you know uh, industrious you focus on following yeah. the rules you know, do things properly but also need to give room for this kind of opportunity to happen why uh, how about you no know, new ways to do do things you know how about uh, new solutions for what is happening right now you
0: know? that's true i think i think like for me uh that's that's the way i do it for most of the things that i want um, most of the things that i want to accomplish in a day i have a checklist i don't have a schedule you know yeah i mean like certain things of course you have to have a schedule i mean like you can't change the lecture's time you know like it's fixed you know uh or it's like certain things that you want to do is available the, the certain things you want to buy especially with the lockdown you 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 know that you know if you don't go to the to the store by by certain hour it's going to close you know so yes for certain things there there are fixed, you know, times and schedules. But, but mostly, I just have a checklist and I say, okay, this week or this day or this month, I have to accomplish these things. But whenever I felt like it's time, whenever I felt like I'm ready, whenever I felt like the resources <laughs> were available to do it, you know, that's the way I kind of cope with my uh, disorderliness. I hate that word. A lack of productivity uh, sometimes, yeah. I would say that is a good practice where I do as well.
1: Like every, this is something that new I do because back then I was really low in this and I don't take action on that. I think the good practice I was doing it, uh, since this month was I write down every, every night before I sleep, I write down what should I do tomorrow? What kind of mini small goal I want to achieve so that I can keep myself accountable and I know what I need to do uh, to be industrious, to be productive yeah. uh, is necessary so that clarity is there, wanting to be achieved and I just follow it, you know, make a checklist. Mm-hmm. Oh, i done all this. And if you it felt great, you know, end of, end of the day, it was like eh, I, I did a lot of things, it you was know, five, seven tasks, but I, I still managed to you know, done everything. And I think that's a rewarding sense for, for us to be more disciplined, to be productive, mm-hmm. to focus on the responsibility <laughs> you have to do. That That is a good practice. I think uh, people who is low can practice it and adopt, you know, have checklist, uh, have a think about what you need to do and plan out properly and so you can you know, have time for yourself and also fulfill the responsibility you need to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Ken, for sharing. Um, we're quite on time, observant of the time, and I think we did quite uh, well. With the I'm sorry. Just one thing. What kind yeah, of tools I do you use to do the checklist? I mean, like, for the checklist, I have, uh, I don't know what it is called, but those things that you use to uh like like this. i don't know what. No, it is. okay let's say sticky note whatever ah. okay i have some things on my walls uh that i stick notes to you know uh so behind my desk uh in front of me on the wall uh i have like a like a line where i stick ah, okay. stuff to it, you know so because because that's where i spend most of the time uh most of my day you know so it's in front of my eyes. I just jog down a few things that I want to do in that day and I just put it in front of my eyes and I just look at it throughout the day. That's you can visualize what's going to happen
1: and yeah. what I need to yeah. do as well. I think that's a good way. Uh, for me, I use Airtable. It's something mm. like at once Excel, which I showed you before. I write down yeah. in weeks what I need to achieve and in days what I need to achieve as well. So it give a high-level view to keep myself uh, responsible and aware of what I need to do as well. Yeah. So I think that's a quick one on it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean like The
0: one that you use, of have seen it's very organized. You can categorize the task into, I mean, you can label them, you can set deadline for them. Uh, similar to that, Ken, we do have a, a soft, not a software, a website called Asana. Uh, that's oh yeah. Uh, scheduling. Uh, and it's, it's it's a really nice thing because when you accomplish a task, a unicorn would appear or like a, <laughs> uh, or a phoenix would appear, and I'm like, "Yes, I want to see the phoenix. So let's get this done, you know." <laughs> and the, and the unicorn will be flying over there. I really like it.
1: <laughs> Positive
0: reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Colvin is here saying that he misses you. So unfortunate that you don't miss me, Colvin. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to wrap
1: wrap everything up? Yeah. Okay, um... Ken. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So. It's been a month uh, three weeks that uh, uh, we, we had we had back and forth episodes with, with Ken on personality test it, it was his idea uh, to do a few episodes on on personality tests and uh, our um, our goal was not really to to introduce you the personality test but more so how how we relate to our results and how do we make the best of uh, you know our personality traits and and the, the characters that we have, and how to strengthen the, the things. I mean, like how how to improve on things that we are good at, and how to how to improve on our weaknesses as well in in terms of the uh, the characters and all. And we hope that we have accomplished uh, you know you know that that goal to to a certain extent. Uh, it's just that I would like to again emphasize that personality tests shouldn't be uh, something that that you highly rely on. You know, if you do personality this I'm sure it's not a mere entertainment. There is more to it. They have been studied uh, numerous times, uh, you know, so they're not just for entertainment. There is something behind it. There is a wisdom behind it. There's an insight, uh, you, you know, within. But you shouldn't use it in order to define yourself, to say that, okay, this is the box that I'm fitting in. And there is no beyond this. No. If you're an introvert today, two years later, you take the same, you know, test and you realize that things have changed. You know, your life has changed. Uh, you've been through events that, that made you a different person. So, like I... Like you I, found I, your yeah, mission uh, or calling
1: to be extroverted, exactly, to channel the <laughs> energy. <exactly. laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Things happen, you know. So last time I I used this with Ken and I said uh, perhaps we should treat personality test like a a physical uh, health checkup you know so you go for a checkup every six months every once in a year every I don't know once in two years and every time the result I mean if you're a healthy person if there's not much of a changes in your in your uh, you know biological system well good for you it doesn't change but if there's been changes you see the changes you know and, and you act accordingly. Uh, so personality tests would be kind of like similar to this as well you take them like I don't know once a year once every two years just to give you an overview of how things have changed for you you know you gotta use it that way you you don't use it as a defining factor of your personality yeah I wanna put some thoughts on that
1: as well I mean the score that we get it doesn't determine who you are Mm -hmm. it just shows uh, this is your tendency this is your behavior naturally but it doesn't define who you are it doesn't define yourself both as well. If you're low mm-hmm. in certain aspect, you feel like I should be on the other side, you know, don't, I mean, don't be affected by it. I mean, you do feel upset if you're not uh, living up to the life that you want or the person you want to be. But more importantly is be introspective to think about what your behavior, personality trait are and how does it affecting your life? And in what aspect is not, creating values or putting you down, making you feel unhappy and less meaningful in your friendship, your career, your life. Be reflective on that so that you can identify which part specifically what type of behaviors you can improve on so that you can have a wide range of behaviors and it's going to be exciting. You're going to be a person who who everyone would like to be be around with because uh, we like people who Mix a lot of varieties and uh, have a lot of values that you can learn from that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. thank you, Ken. Thank you very much uh, for your note. Uh, thank you very much for accompanying me on Tea Buddies as my uh, my my Tea Buddy for the month of August on personality test series. Uh, it's been a great adventure with you, Ken, and I hope to see you back. On tea yes. for other conversations and I know you love talking I love talking as well so let's meet <laughs> up uh, so we're definitely gonna do that Our times running I have less than a minute thank you very much Ken uh, just to announce that uh, this marks the end of this season personality um, this month and this season personality test uh, the next season which uh, include uh, a few months perhaps the month of September October and November It'd be the season of friendship. we got really exciting stuff coming uh, your way. So stay tuned for more updates on t Buddies. Thank you very much for listening once again and hope to see you again. Take care yeah. and see you. Thank you. Bye.